like I think I went out there to earn the money and then you know as as young and naive as I was I wanted to make a difference and so I was a bit of a missionary and then you know maybe over the years I've become a bit of a misfit in that I don't think I could work anywhere else so yeah in in answer to full disclosure I went out there to make the money but my my priorities changed and what's kept me there over the years has certainly evolved as I was as, as I've grown as a, a person and a practitioner. and welcome to a Nurse Out Where podcast. My name is Danielle Corza and I have been a rural and remote nurse for most of my career. I created this podcast as an opportunity to explore and celebrate and perhaps spark some interest in rural and remote nursing. Each week we will meet with some of the extraordinary nurses who live and work in rural and remote areas across Australia as they tell their stories about all that is beautiful and unique to rural and remote nursing. So join with me as we explore the stories from a nurse out where. Hi everyone, welcome to the very first episode of A Nurse Out Where. My name is Danielle Causa and today with me I have Mr Josh Stafford. So uh, I'll introduce Josh. He tells me on the third day of his first ever remote contract, Josh knew that he would never return to his job in Wollongong Emergency Department. That was back in 2007 and he is still in the Cape and wouldn't be anywhere else. For the last nine years, he's worked as the Director of Nursing in various facilities and he now lives in Lockhart River, a coastal community on the eastern side of Cape York in far north Queensland. Josh tells me in his spare time he enjoys scuba diving and drinking any type of beer that doesn't have the word craft in it. And once COVID is over, he's escaping to Bali for a whole month. Welcome, Josh. Oh, I might ever, might ever make it too, Danielle. How are you? <laughs> I'm well. How are you? <laughs> I'm all right for a Monday night. <laughs> I'm so excited that you could be with me, Josh. Um, so obviously this podcast is titled A Nurse Out Where. So from your perspective, can you finish the sentence, I'm a nurse out where? Um, and look, just a couple of seconds ago, I said I hadn't prepared an answer for this one and you nearly roused on me, but I think, <laughs> I think I'm, <laughs> I'm a nurse out where and I think I'm a nurse out where a lot of other nurses won't go or, or haven't been. And I think that's a real shame because I think I've landed on some, one of the best jobs in the world. It's a job that I'm really happy with. And a lot of people say, you know, what would you have done if you didn't do nursing? And I said, well, you know what? Nursing has been a bloody good profession to me. It's, it's really done me well. I've, I've traveled the world. I've traveled the country. I've met some amazing people, had some amazing experiences. So yeah, I guess I'm really quite lucky that I enjoy my job and I'm, I enjoy my profession. So I'm a nurse out where not many other people would go. And um, yeah, I think that's a bit of a shame. Ah. Well, hopefully after listening to you today, Josh, they'll, um, they'll want to come and join you and that's out where everyone wants is, is to that, go is is that one of the uh, is that one of the aims of this podcast danielle is, is try to encourage more nurses to come out and work remote yeah yeah i didn't know you'd flip the questions back on me josh um but yeah for oh, sure no, let's the, do that the, oh sorry <laughs> the um the whole the whole reason for this podcast is to celebrate everything rural and remote you know so absolutely let's celebrate what is beautiful and unique in rural and remote nursing and um, encourage anyone to get out and uh, dip their toe in the waters and see what it what it might be like they just might love it like you have 
And I think that's some, some people imagine barriers to coming and working out remote. And sometimes those barriers aren't as huge as what, what some people would, um, would expect. Like I went out, like when I went out you know, back in all those years ago and I see photos of myself and I don't know whether it's like that for everyone, but you know, you think, God, I was a boy, you know, when I went out um, to, um, to my first placement and really it was, I got seduced, I think by a young, there was someone who was working in our ED department and they had worked out in, um, in the Cape and we're at a, I remember it distinctly at a Christmas party and he was talking about, yeah, you know, I went out to, it was Kawanyama he went out to and just listening to his stories and then, you know, and don't forget, I was 26 and he's like, and I made, you know, $5,000 in, in a fortnight. And at the time I was young, I judged, I was, you know, working paycheck to paycheck. And I thought, right, I could really, I could really set myself up here if I just, you know, went out and, and work for six weeks, I could pay off a credit card and I could just get ahead. Cause I wasn't, you know, like every middle, middle, middle 20 something year old, I was, you know, going from week to week. And um, there was a few things that happened in, um, in my life and it was, I just decided to, you know, bugger it, I'm going. And um, I called up the, the agency and I said, oh, you know, do you have any, um, do you have any work for me? I'm an ED nurse because I had been an ED nurse for six years, coronary care before that. And I want to work remote. And I said, oh, okay, well, we, we can send you out to a place called Aracoon for four weeks. And I said, oh, where's that? And they said, oh, don't worry, we'll send you for six and so <laughs> I went out. <laughs> had no, oh, I was so naive. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. And um, I remember they said, the director of nursing will meet you at the airport. I said, oh man, the director of nursing's coming to get me. Right. And so I was so nervous. And I got out to the airport and they put me on this tiny little bloody plane. We've never, only ever been on Qantas, tiny little plane. And flew out and landed in Aracoon. And uh, I was just, I can still remember getting off that plane and the smell, it was just like this really exotic heat and dust and, and just, yeah, I remember the smell and walking on the tarmac and looking for this director of nursing. <laughs> and it was someone who came to be, a, and still is a very dear friend of mine and um, Vince. And he was this man in shorts and singlet and <laughs> bustling with energy. And he's like, hi, I'm Vince. I'm the director of nursing. Hurry up. Um, we're going to the pub. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're walking back to the house, walking back to the house. Um, and he's like, oh, I've put on a muscle and beef curry, but the shop was out of beef, so it's going to be a muscle and chicken curry. But we're going to the shop first. And, um, <laughs> and so, and I just remember thinking, what have I gotten myself into? And walking into this pub, and because back in the days you could drink and, um, walking into this pub and seeing nearly 300 indigenous people looking at me and I'd only seen them on TV, you know, I'd only that's the reality. I'd only ever seen indigenous people on TV or in a cultural setting, you know, at, um, where you go to, um, you know, somewhere to see it and just being immersed in that, um, in that, I felt like a fish out of water. Um, so do you was, think yeah, that's why three. you, do you think that's why you wanted to work in remote, Josh? Because it was so different. What sparked your interest to go remote? No, uh, full disclosure, Danielle. I wanted the money. That's why yeah, I went yeah. out there. I, want, yeah. I, I went out there to earn to earn money. But, and I think it's really interesting. Over the years, you hear you know you hear that refrain: "Oh, people who work in remote are either mercenaries, mis misfits, or um, what's the other one? The three M's: Merc um, misfit, merc mercenaries, or um, 
missionaries. Yeah. Yeah. And, and over the years, it's, it's like, I think I went out there to earn the money and then, you know, as, as young and naive as I was, I wanted to make a difference. And so I was a bit of a missionary. And then, you know, maybe over the years, I've become a bit of a misfit in that I don't think I could work anywhere else. So, yeah, in, in answer to full disclosure, I went out there to make the money, but my, my priorities changed. And what's kept me there over the years has certainly evolved as, I was, as, as I've grown as a, a person and a practitioner. Yeah, yeah. So it's certainly not, mm. not the reason that you stay the longer term. So um, No, it's not the reason I stay. No, no. Yeah. So as a nurse, obviously, we're bound by the Nursing and Referee Board of Australia's policy on professional standards, which includes patient confidentiality. So just keeping that in mind, mm. um, can you tell me your most fond memory of working in rural and remote? You told us about your, your first day of arriving, but what, what's your most <laughs> yeah. treasured memory of working remote? Look, certainly there's been um, the, the the really cliched ones, and I guess that ones that stick with me are the births that I've had to that I've had to attend to. And look, I, I have been the designated panicker in birthing situations, but once when you get a nice one and a real one, they they stick with me. And and certainly, like I spent a long time in some in in Arakoon, um, like ten years I spent there. So. In watching those people, those kids that um, that I delivered grow up is certainly one of the most rewarding experiences. But and I, I I think that if you if you say to me what is your one golden memory of um of working remote and it wasn't in the clinic it was I, I remember it clearly I was sitting um sitting on a Saturday afternoon down at the beach in Arakoon with the sun going down surrounded by people from the community. In, in a really reversed situation, I was being taught how to fish. I was being taught how to how to how to make damper, how to you know how to get mud shells. And I just remember thinking this is a really special moment because so 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 much in my life at the time was being a manager and and you know really being that authority figure. Even though I try not to be an authority figure, but being in that in that role and then watching those roles reversed and seeing how how. That how much the, the people I was with really enjoyed that and teaching me and, and sharing some of their, their, their experiences and their culture. And, um, you know, it is a beautiful part of the world we live in up here and um, some really beautiful people. And so I just remember thinking, feeling very lucky and very honoured to be there. And, um, yeah, that's probably one of my, my, my most happiest um, memories of, um, of yeah. my time up here. And there's lots of happy memories. Like I couldn't, I couldn't have lived up here for so long without enjoying myself and you know I, I try to I try to and some uh, try to focus on the positives and try to focus on the good experiences because you know there's a shitload of bad experiences we have up here and I, I don't think you you know you'd um you can't sugarcoat what happens in remote communities but there's certainly a lot of laughs and I certainly try and get the most out of those yeah oh that sounds really beautiful mm. so Thank you. <laughs> you know, something obviously it is challenging, but what do you miss the most when you're working in remote? <laughs> I might surprise you, Daniel. I've got a bit of an instant gratification sort of personality, so I really <laughs> miss acting on whims and acting on impulses. Like you, you can't go off to McDonald's if you, you get home at the end of the day and think, "Oh, bugger it, what am I?" You know, I want McDonald's, or you see the ad on TV, and <laughs> so I, I do miss that instant sort of being able to gratify my um, my cravings and my needs. That, that's probably the biggest thing that I miss. Uh, when I left Arakoon, I went and worked in Cairns for a year. And, um, and 
I remember being so excited about driving home from work and having no idea what I was going to cook for dinner or, or get out, you know, because, you know, a lot of the times you've got to plan for what you're going to have. You've got to get the meat out of the freezer in the morning or, you know, you've got to go to the shop on your lunch, in your lunch break and, and find whatever's there. So I do, I really missed, I really miss that when I'm up here. Yeah. Because okay. again, I'm not really much of a, a planner or a, um, <laughs> you know, a regimented person. So yeah, I enjoy that. But on the other side, I also enjoy, I think when I go, when I go into town, it's like I experience things for the first time again. You know, I get really excited about going to Coles and seeing the fresh <laughs> fruit and vegetables. I get really excited about going to Kmart and discovering what they've got. And, you know, I get really excited about seeing friends and family. And I think that time that I have is even that much more special because I know it's, it's a limited time thing. It's kind of, yeah, it's kind of weird, but I do think that, yeah, I definitely make the most of it when I'm out. Yeah, you appreciate those small moments. Mm. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Mm. So um, obviously living and working in rural and remote areas can be really rewarding, as you've already said, but it can also be incredibly challenging. So how do you care for yourself and your own mental health while you're working in a remote location? Yeah, look, I, I think that, um, that fatigue management is a huge, a huge part of, of keeping my sanity and recognising when I'm getting to a point of, of feeling fatigued and feeling, um, feeling overwhelmed um, and, and having that self-awareness to know when I'm at that point. Um, I, I have dogs that I, you know, take down to the beach every afternoon. I've got routines, so I think routine is very important. You know, I go to the beach every afternoon with the dogs on the weekend. We go in the morning. Um, I, I, you know, I, I study. I've, I've finished a master's degree and I'm doing more study now. So that keeps me entertained. And I also make, if I'm in community, I'm on call or I need to be able to be called. And so for me, it's about being able to get out of community, whether it be to, you know, Weeper or I'm really quite lucky in Lockhart. We've got a little place called um, Portland Road out of here. And going out there and, you know, not, not having my phone and being able to have a drink and, and socialise with friends. So that's what I do to keep sane. I monitor my own fatigue. I monitor my own levels of anxiety and, and, and um, tiredness, I guess. Yeah, and finding that balance, I guess, between work and, and your own home downtime, you know, so that you're not so focused on work yeah. that you, you do manage to get out of town and not, not being on call all the time. And I have to put up, yeah, and I have to put up barriers as well. You know, I don't go into the clinic on the weekend if I can't help it. I don't stay back after hours. I don't go in early. I'll, I mean, I'll go in if, if, if stuff's happening, I'll go in and I'll help. You know, that's part of living and working in a small team. But I won't do, I won't go in on the weekends to tidy up things. I won't go on the weekends to do extra because I've seen people do that and, I've, and those people still aren't around. The most important yeah. thing is to get, as you said, Dan, get that balance and understand that balance. You know, you can't, can't give your, there's, there's giving your all and there's giving all of what you've got and you've got yeah. to find that, um, you know, find that middle ground. Yeah. And I yeah. think that for me, that's come with maturity and that's come with, um, with reflection on myself and, and watching other people around as well. Yeah. Mm. So you said, um, you know, you like to take your dogs for a walk over an afternoon. So what are some of the things you do to fill in your downtime or on your days off? What do you, what do you do outside work? What do I do outside work? Um, I've, I've been studying a bit. 
which is um, which is really quite st stimulating. Um, it's that's that's occupied the last couple of years. I, I so I get out of community. I go out and so I've got friends in Lockhart that have ha a house outside of here. I go out and spend time with them, um, but I also spend some time just pottering. And I think for me, that's like during the week, my role is so central to a lot of other people's roles that some days I don't get two minutes to myself. And, I, and sometimes on the weekend, it's okay just to get up in the morning and potter around for a couple of hours and do nothing. And I think that's, that's good for me to put the music on and, you know, just, yeah, do some, do some gardening and clean the house and, and just zone out for a little while. Just a year. And then go yeah, out to Portland Road and get, yeah, then go out to Portland Road and get drunk. But you know, <laughs> that that's, it's just about recentering. Um, yeah. And look, I, there's a certain part of me that enjoys my own company. I enjoy reading. I enjoy watching movies. I enjoy, you know, planning holidays and, it's that's part of my personality. I'm not a true extrovert in the true sense of the word. Um, that that needs company and that needs. But I'm comfortable with my own company. Also, love seeing friends and I love, you know, socializing. But I really am comfortable by um, with my own company. Reconnect I think that's with a key yourself. to work. Yeah, and that's a key to working remote as well. You have to be able to, you have to be able to enjoy being by yourself. Because there are going to be times, yeah, there are going to be times where you don't have the luxury of being with other people. So that was going to be my next question, Josh. What are your top three tips for someone who might be thinking about joining the rural and remote nursing workforce? First, yeah, the first is you have to be able to enjoy your own company. Because yep. there is, yeah, there are going to be periods of isolation. The second one is I think you have to be really realistic about what you can achieve as an individual in these communities. There is so much dysfunction and and there is so much pain and and some um, and bad stuff that happens in community, but there's also so much good stuff that happens. And you have to be able to understand what is within your realm of 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 resp not responsibility, realm of ability to change. Yeah. We can't change a lot of the intergenerational things. We can't change the way cultures have evolved, but we can change how we interact with clients and and people, and we can change how we choose to live in communities. Um, I, you know, you see people come out and they want to, they want to change, they want to change people and behaviours and, and cultures and you can't do that. That's not our place to do it. Our place is to change the way we interact with people and the way that we, that way that people interact with the health service. Yeah, if you can make every interaction it. you have with, yeah, and if you can make every interaction you have with a client a positive one, and and uh, um, and not enjoyable, but a positive one, a respectful interaction. Then, then then you build upon that foundation of respect and and positivity. And there comes a point where you've got a really really strong base and a really strong foundation to then, you know, go to the next level. And that's what I try and do as a leader is try and model that behaviour in our team, and say so we're here to be respectful and we're here to change what we can change and not change what we can't change. And um, I think that's that's important to me as a as a as a nurse and as a, and as a leader is that we understand that. Um, so yeah, that's the second one. Um, and the third one, oh, I don't know what the third one would be, Dan. I think I think that the the actually I do. The third one is to have fun. Like 
And I think that's part of being a nurse and that's part of, of working where we are. Life's really short. And, you know, that, that you don't know when, you, you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. So you have to have fun. You have to enjoy what you're doing. And if you don't, you're not enjoying what you're doing, change it because life is too short. How many times have we been in a situation, you would have well, Dan, you, you see the 17-year-old who comes in in a car crash, you know, and is not there the next day. You see yeah. that. And, you know, I've always said life's too short to be miserable. And if you can change things, change it. Um, yeah, that's my three tips. Yeah, beautiful. Well, that's really great. <laughs> Thank you, Josh. Thank you for your time. Um, that's all right. I, um, I enjoyed it. And look, I, I hope that this, that, that this podcast inspires some people to give it a go. I think that no barrier is insurmountable. What, we, what I like is people who have got experience in ED, who've got experience in that acute care, and we can change, we can, we can not change, we can, we can teach pretty much other, pretty, we can teach the primary healthcare, we can teach the other aspects of it. But, you know, if you've got that critical, if you've got that little bit of critical care underneath your belt, we can teach the rest. It's, um, it's been the best decision I've ever made. Best, best thing I've ever done. That's great. Thank you for your time, Josh. We'll talk to you soon. Been a pleasure. Thanks, Dan. If this has sparked your interest and you would like some more information about this episode or perhaps how to take the leap and explore rural and remote nursing, you can contact me and check out my website, anurseoutwear.com.au or follow me on Facebook and Instagram by searching at anurseoutwear. Remember to like, subscribe and share them with your friends.